I don't want to see you or any of your relatives ever again. Goodbye. Then he turned sharply, and without another word climbed into his phaeton, which was waiting at the curbstone, and drove severely away. Mr. Button stood there upon the sidewalk, stupefied and trembling from head to foot. What a horrible mishap had occurred. He had suddenly lost all desire to go into the Maryland private hospital for ladies and gentlemen. It was with the greatest difficulty that, a moment later, he forced himself to mount the steps and enter the front door. A nurse was sitting behind a desk in the opaque gloom of the hall. Swallowing his shame, Mr. Button approached her. "'Good morning,' she remarked, looking up at him pleasantly. "'Good morning. I I am Mr. Button.' At this, a look of utter terror spread itself over the girl's face. She rose to her feet and seemed to fly from the hall, restraining herself only with the most apparent difficulty. "'I want to see my child,' said Mr. Button. The nurse gave a little scream. "'Of course!' she cried hysterically. "'Upstairs! Right upstairs! Go up!' She pointed the direction, and Mr. Button, bathed in cool perspiration, turned falteringly and began to mount to the second floor. In the upper hall he addressed another nurse who approached him, basin in hand. "'I'm Mr. Button,' he managed to articulate. "'I want to see my clank!' The basin clattered to the floor and rolled in the direction of the stairs. Clank! Clank! It began a methodical descent, as if sharing in the general terror which this gentleman provoked. I want to see my child! Mr. Button almost shrieked. He was on the verge of collapse. Clank! The basin reached the first floor. The nurse regained control of herself and threw Mr. Button a look of hearty contempt. All right, Mr. Button! She agreed in a hushed voice. Very well. But if you knew what a state it's put us all in this morning, it's perfectly outrageous. The hospital will never have a ghost of a reputation after— Hurry! he cried hoarsely. I can't stand this! Come this way, then, Mr. Button. He dragged himself after her. At the end of a long hall they reached a room— from which proceeded a variety of howls, indeed a room which, in later parlance, would have been known as the crying room. They entered. Well, gasped Mr. Button, which is mine. There, said the nurse. Mr. Button's eyes followed her pointing finger, and this is what he saw. Wrapped in a voluminous white blanket and partly crammed into one of the cribs, there sat an old man, apparently about seventy years of age. His sparse hair was almost white, and from his chin dripped a long, smoke-colored beard, which waved absurdly back and forth, fanned by the breeze coming in at the window. He looked up at Mr. Button with dim, faded eyes, in which lurked a puzzled expression. "'Am I mad?' thundered Mr. Button, his terror resolving into rage. "'Is this some ghastly hospital joke?' "'It doesn't seem like a joke to us,' replied the nurse severely. "'And I don't know whether you're mad or not, but that is most certainly your child.' The cool perspiration redoubled on Mr. Button's forehead. He closed his eyes, and then, opening them, looked again. 
There was no mistake. He was gazing at a man of threescore and ten. A baby of threescore and ten. A baby whose feet hung over the sides of the crib in which it was reposing. The old man looked placidly from one to the other for a moment, and then suddenly spoke in a cracked and ancient voice. Are you my father? he demanded. Mr. Button and the nurse started violently. Because if you are, went on the old man querulously, I wish you'd get me out of this place, or at least get them to put a comfortable rocker in here. Where in God's name did you come from? Who are you? burst out Mr. Button frantically. I can't tell you exactly who I am, replied the querulous whine, because I've only been born a few hours, but my last name is certainly Button. You lie. You're an impostor. The old man turned weary.